Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 110. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. And now, more than any other time, now is a time to stay vigilant. I'm now the fourth United States president to preside over American troop presence in Afghanistan. Two Republicans, two Democrats. I will not pass this responsibility onto a fifth. After consulting closely with our allies and partners, with our military leaders and intelligence personnel, with our diplomats and our development experts, with the Congress and the Vice President, as well as with Mr. Ghani and many others around the world, I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. It's long past time. And that's what leadership sounds like. And it's long overdue. Biden continued, We went there because of a horrific attack that happened 20 years ago. That cannot explain why we should remain there in 2021. And that's exactly right. I was at Ground Zero on 9-11. And we've drifted so far from there that we can't even recognize where we are anymore. And with a pandemic raging, domestic extremism rising, and our country dysfunctionally divided, anybody who says Afghanistan must be a top priority now doesn't understand the real national security threats we face today. It's 2021, not 2001. And Biden says they'll be out by 9-11 this fall. And that'll make an easier sell to the American people to put a bow on it like that. And let's hope this withdrawal is for real, because we've heard it many times before. And if it is, we must give immediate refugee status to all Afghan nationals that have helped us over the last 20 years. We can't leave them hanging out there to die. That needs to happen. It'll save many lives of friends who risked their lives for us. And it's not the only big move happening this week. The Pentagon made it official. The Germany troop withdrawals announced by the Trump administration have been canceled, and 500 new troops are being sent to Germany, which is good. It's another bad move by Trump, undone by Biden, and America and our allies are safer for it. And eyes that used to be solely focused on Afghanistan need to focus in many other places now, like Russia. And Bloomberg News is now reporting the Biden administration will announce retaliation over massive Russian cyber attacks, which we've covered on this show, with sanctions on about a dozen individuals and 20 entities. They're going to expel 10 Russian officials and diplomats from the U.S., and they'll name the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service as the perpetrators of SolarWinds, the months-long espionage attack on U.S. infrastructure. Our government is still dealing with the fallout from that massive attack that got into government computers and scores of private companies. We went much deeper on those Russian cyber attacks back in episode 84 with Molly McHugh. Go back and check it out if you haven't already. We also talked about the Russian threat recently in episode 106 with Biana Goladriga. We have so many national security priorities that are more pressing than Afghanistan now. And the Russian cyber attacks are just one example. The Biden team could spend their entire first year just doing stuff that Trump should have done to make America safer. But we're finally getting more vigilant. We're finally also getting more compassionate. 
Right after he finished his Afghanistan speech, Biden didn't go play golf at Mar-a-Lago. He went to Arlington Cemetery. I'm the first president in 40 years who knows what it means to have a child serving in a war zone. And throughout this process, my North Star has been remembering what it was like when my late son, Bo, was deployed to Iraq. This is true and so important. Biden is the first president in a generation to have a child serve in combat. Biden remembers what it was like. He can never forget. America's often forgotten Afghanistan over the last 20 years. But our military and our military families can never forget it. And it's so important for our commander-in-chief to help America remember our fallen and understand Section 60. It's a place Joe Biden's own child, Bo, could have been buried if he was killed when he was serving in Iraq. That's never been true for any other president in our lifetime. But Biden's doing a lot of the right things, things that should have been done before. And it's not just foreign policy and national security. It's consistently leading by example, leading with kindness, leading with empathy. There was another powerful event this week that had to do with loss. This week in the U.S. Capitol, U.S. Capitol Police Officer William Evans was recognized and remembered. And during that memorial, in a really touching, sincere moment, President Biden handed a memorial coin to Evans' son, Logan, at the memorial service. That's the kind of person Biden really is. We're seeing it every day now. He's more than the commander-in-chief. He's the consoler-in-chief that we need for this moment in history. He went through all that pain himself, and now he can help others through theirs. And Biden continues to do almost all the right things and to do them with honor, integrity, and empathy, and without embarrassing himself and our country on a daily basis, which is a nice change. Every day, he's showing what real toughness looks like. And it's what we need, especially right now, because stakes is still high. Biden's declared the war in Afghanistan over. The George Floyd murder case continues to unfold. Coronavirus variants are spreading fast, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is on pause. It's still a tough time in America. 100 days into the Biden presidency, things remain pretty damn turbulent. And Americans are still deeply divided. But millions have been vaccinated. Our troops are coming home from the longest war in history, and summer will be here soon. And we're finally looking back on the last few very tough years and trying to chart a better course forward as a nation. And that includes exploring what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a citizen, what it means to be a patriot, and what it means to be tough. Far too often in America over the last couple of years, Toughness has been defined by a fist. But some are trying to redefine toughness with an open hand instead of a clenched one, with soft power instead of hard, and most of all, with an open heart. As we all process the brutal drama of the last year, 
We're also exploring what it means to be survivors of this life, this time, and this pandemic. And we're all at least a little bit tougher. And few leaders have defined American toughness on our screens over the last decade, like our guest in this episode, my friend, John Bernthal. The great DMX died this week after fighting demons, but also after inspiring millions. DMX was tough. His voice was tough. His beats were tough. His life was tough. And of course, this song is tough. And John Bernthal is tough. John has defined American toughness on our screens for over a decade. And few define toughness better in real life, too. After growing up in D.C. and facing down tremendous adversity, starting at the bottom and grinding for two decades, John Bernthal has now emerged as one of the most dynamic, beloved, and exciting actors in Hollywood. America has come to love him in defining roles in The Walking Dead, The Pacific, The Wolf of Wall Street, Fury, Cesario, The Accountant, Baby Driver, and Ford versus Ferrari, and powerfully as Frank Castle in The Punisher. And soon, he'll star in The Many Saints of Newark, the prequel feature film of HBO's The Sopranos. He'll be in the TV reboot of American Gigolo, and he'll be in King Richard, a story about the early days of tennis stars Venus and Serena Williams. Bernthal is one of the hardest-working actors in America. He's also one of the coolest and one of the most real. He's married to a trauma nurse. He's highly dedicated to his family. And he's worked for important causes ranging from the USO to protecting pit bulls to founding a nonprofit with his brother called Drops Fill Buckets. Bernthal's a guy who shaped American pop culture and what it means to be American to the world. And he joins us on Independent Americans for a raw, real, and rapid-fire conversation that spans the headlines and Olivia inspired. From the debate around statehood for Washington, D.C., to the George Floyd trial, to the insurrection in his hometown, Bernthal is a boxer, and he pulls no punches. I've known him for over 20 years now, and he opens up about overcoming adversity, what makes him happy, the impact of DMX on his life, how his favorite drink is not actually a drink, and why he's optimistic about the future of America. It's a very cool conversation that'll introduce you to one of the most interesting, authentic, thoughtful stars in America. And it'll leave you rooting for him, just like I've been for the last 20 years. America is deeply divided, but not about the movies and shows that John Bernthal's been a part of. And here on Independent Americans, we're killing misinformation like Shane Walsh killed zombies in The Walking Dead. And we're bringing a punishing Frank Castle-like blast of light to contrast all the heat of the other political pods. We're bringing the fury of the righteous media five eyes. Independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. To keep you empowered. And to help you stay vigilant. Because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. 
And hope is the oxygen of democracy. And John Bernthal is going to give you hope. I promise you that. Independent Americans are growing all across America. And so is independent, creative, thoughtful art and dynamic leadership that comes out of that art from John and others. Actors, musicians, all are great creative artists are maybe the most powerful weapon we have in America. Weapons in the fight for progress. Weapons in the fight against hate. Weapons in the fight toward a better future. Just like in The Walking Dead, with zombies everywhere, or in fury deep inside the battlefields of World War II, or for Frank Castle, fighting his own pain and demons. It's another reminder that now, more than ever, we must stay vigilant. And staying vigilant requires toughness. But being tough doesn't make you heroic. But being heroic makes you tough. And this is a time when every single one of us can be heroic. We can all ride together. Because it's ride or die time in America. Ride or die means being willing to do anything for your partner, your friend, your family, even in the face of danger. And we need all Americans to be ride or die right now. For each other, for our children, for our country, for our future. That's what real American toughness is all about. And it's the kind of true toughness we need, especially right now. And we're going to bring it to you. Welcome to an exploration of art, culture, and pain. Welcome to an examination of what it means to be American, what it means to be a leader, and what it means to be tough. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 110. Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country and around the world. It's wild times in America and in the world. And I am so excited and happy to bring us a leader, a friend, uh, a, a, an iconic, important, inspiring American that I have known and been in contact with, with I think, two, for two decades now. Mm. Uh, a man that I respect, a man that I admire, a man that gives me energy and has a contagious positivity around everything he does. Uh, always looks great, always sounds great, and he's really going to bring the best of himself to this. I know it. The great and powerful John Bernthal is finally here on Independent Americans. Man, it is a it is it is a real honor, man. It is a real honor to be with you, brother. I'm so excited to talk to you. I was thinking about what to wear, yeah, because I, I knew you were going to come up with something. And for oh, folks, boy. folks can watch the video. But you got a Crenshaw black sweatshirt on. I do. And a black scully hat thing that you can pull off because you're a movie star and you look cool. I don't know about that, man. I, you got to understand the, 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 the scully. I mean, it's like the hair is such a is such a problem. And, and, and um, you know, th this was this was a gift from from Nipsey himself, which which I, 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 uh, I cherish. Uh, but, you know, man, I was when the pandemic started. I was in the middle of shooting three things. I had a big giant mustache, which I just was able to shave. And I, my wife wouldn't make out with me. My kids were tugging on it the whole time. And so I'm just, I'm just, so, I'm just loud and proud showing my shaved face. That's all. 
You look sharp, man, as always. Uh, cry me a river about your hair problems. Uh, so I got to ask, what is the, you, you have a very interesting painting or work of art behind you, Mr. Bernthal. What, what is that? I have absolutely no idea, man. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I'm in the back of my house. Uh, I, I'm in, uh, you know, we, we, we moved up to, uh, to, to Ojai, California. And this is, uh, I, think, I think my wife put that up. But I don't know. You like it? I'll let her know that you like I it. I do. I like it. I like, you know, you know, I'm a massive fan, you know. I've been, so let, let, let's, let's do that. So you and I have known each other or been in touch. I was trying to figure it out because it was around, it was before 9-11. I think, because before 9-11, I was living with some guys that you knew from growing up in D.C., yep. and you were like in their extended friend group, right? So it was like Danny and Teddy and then all these other guys, and you went to the same high school as my best friend, Todd, now Sutler, used to be Todd Darden. Yep. But we've been in touch now, I think, for like, it's almost 20 years, right, man? Yeah, I mean, it's that same sort sort of group, and I, you know, I just have to say, I mean, I, I mean, look, man, we... I've been such a, I've been such an admirer uh, of yours um, for such a long time. You know, I, I, I was really, um, you know, when, when, when you, um, you know, your, your, your service to this country in, in, in so many different ways um, has inspired me. And um, I, I looked at you and the choices that you made and you're, and I think where it's culminating right now and what you're doing right now, it's, um, it's something we, we, we've talked about before. I, I, I absolutely believe in people who um, have walked the walk and then have the experience and the empathy and the compassion and the wisdom to then talk about it. And that is you, man. And I think that you are sort of uh, exactly where you're supposed to be right now. You're such an important figure. And for me, like knowing where you came from those 20 years, when you read the book, when you, when, when you got back, everything that you've done, I've just been such an admirer from afar. And, you know, like, I, I think there's something about the age that we are now and that we're fathers now. And, yep. and that we look at, you know, kind of guys, our contemporaries and the guys that we came up with. Um, we're starting to look where sort of we're, we sort of fell in and now it's time to, to, to kind of re-engage and do more. And, and our job now is not about us. Our job is about these kids and about the next generation. And I feel like we're smack in the middle of it. And so I, uh, I don't know, man, I'm just, uh, I, I continue to be sort of, uh, just sort of blown away by you, man. I am humbled by all of that. Um, I think what's starting to happen is there's like this super friends network. Right. And I've, I've always said, I want righteous media to be that I wanted IAVA to be that. You know, I want to bring people together who are fighting the forces of ignorance and stupidity. And we're greatly outnumbered, right? So we're kind of like, we're all activists, we're, we're parents, we're leaders, we're writers, you're a genius creative. Like bringing us together around the common issues has always been, I think, important, but right now is so important. But on a personal level, like I remember when you were first starting out, I mean, like the first things you were getting, like before I was at you know, before 9-11, before I got activated, before I went in the army, I think I was still in the National Guard working in finance. And, you know, you would be around the guys and telling football stories from high school. Right. And 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 to watch your rise and your grind and to see you go from where you've gone to where you are and doing it the way you have with integrity, with with toughness, dude, like you are one of the hardest working guys I know in, in, in an industry that requires hard work. So I think that that example has really, really been important. And now seeing you transition into fatherhood, you've been an inspiration to me and so many others. But let me let me take a step, a pause and ask you, uh, tell folks, John Bernthal, where are you? 
And how are you? The pandemic's been hard, right? And I think especially hard for you and your family. Um, you know, where are you and, and how are you, man? Um, uh, so look, I'm, I'm, um, I'm in Ojai, California, which is, uh, you know, a small town in the, in, in, in the mountains about an hour and a half North of, of Los Angeles. Um, you know, we moved, uh, we moved up here, uh, about six years ago. Um, I was, uh, I, I was, um, you know, I, I, I started on walking dead, uh, really right when I got married and I started having kids and I got extremely busy, as you know, it was a, it, it was a long grind and, 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 and a long time where things really weren't working out for a long time. And when I got walking dead, it kind of, I got really, really busy, really, really fast. And I was really only home about two weeks a year. And it was getting to the point, uh, where, you know, I was living in Venice beach. I had my brothers in Venice beach. I had my foster brothers in Venice beach. I had I had my people from DC and it, it, it was great, but we really needed to put a microscope uh, on our family and, and, and our time needed to be sacred. So we moved out here and um, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful decision. And, um, and in ways, I think with the, the, the pandemic, it's been incredible. You know, it's, 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 it's small town country living, man. It's very isolated. We grow a lot of our own stuff. We're back right into the national forest. You know, I, I grew up in a city, uh, uh, you know, I was a total city kid growing up. My kids ride dirt bikes. They catch snakes. They're feral animals and I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it. Um, but we really spent um, a lot of this time, especially in the beginning, I felt kind of isolated and protected, which was wonderful. Um, I think along the same lines, you know, right off the jump, you know, my, uh, my, 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 my cousin, uh, Adam Schlesinger is a, a wonderful musician, um, uh, singer and, and, uh, songwriter for Fountains of Wayne. He wrote, uh, that, that thing you do, the Tom Hanks movie, just this prolific genius musician. Um, you know, he, he died from COVID right off the jump in New York. Uh, he, and, um, you know, father of two and, um, young, healthy man. Um, so this thing became, you know, unbelievably real for us um, right off the jump. And um, I think that that was th those two opposing things. I had, you know, I, th I think, um, as you know, as a dad, I think that there's, um, I think that, you know, fatherhood is, is, is the, 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 the hardest and most important job that we're going to have. And I think one of the key elements is it's impossible to get it right. You know, you're just, you're going to mess up and you got to admit it when you mess up, you got to own it. And, um, and, and the kids, you know, you, you, you need to have, the, the, the honesty and, the, and, and, and that needs to be a part of it, that, that, that dad will mess up. And I'm constantly questioning. I'm constantly questioning, are we getting this right? Because here we are, we're being protected, but at the same time, the world is really suffering. And, and, and I think, you know, putting adversity into the kids' lives and, 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 and for the kids to sort of see in reality what's going on is tremendously important. So I've had these two things at play. I think, you know, one of my best friends in the world, Dougie Thornell, who, you know, he, he lost his dad to COVID, you know, being from D.C., and coming from that world, you know, DC got hit really hard. Our, our ties are to the East Coast. Um, so I've had these two things really, um, sorry, that's just a long ass answer, a short ass question, but I've had these two things really sort of, you know, pulling, you know, we are doing great. We're here, you know, I'm back to work. Things are awesome. But this is, um, th th this has been unbelievably hard on, on, on the world, on this country and on our family. I think that that perspective is why I value you as a friend and why I think folks who know you value your perspective and why 
you thrive as an artist, man. Like you, you have a way of understanding and feeling and processing and then interpreting and communicating back, not just your experience, but broader experiences, collective experiences, other people's experiences. So I think, you know, hearing your perspective is really, really important because I think we're losing, we're kind of losing the plot sometimes. We're so focused on what's happening in Washington or, or what's happening in, in, in celebrity land, right? That people are forgetting to talk about parenting and talk about family and talk about health. And so there's been that recentering. And you play a lot of these characters, John, that, that are really unique. And, and a lot of them are tough. A lot of them are eccentric, right? But you have a way of, of bringing your special sauce to everything you do. So I want you staying on DC. Um, our friend, our mutual friend, Teddy Sears, who has also been tremendously successful, uh, is a great actor, a great person. He tells me that when he started in LA, he had nowhere to stay. Uh, you were starting out, you were in LA a little bit ahead of him. You gave him a place to stay. You gave him a spare car and you let him stay with him for weeks, but you were, you were generous and you, you have that generosity and that inclusivity around everything that you do. But let's go back to when you and Thornell and all these other guys were in D.C. Uh, John Bernthal, what was your first car? Oh, man, first car, the, 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 the Mazda 323, 19, 1992 Mazda 323 stick shift. Uh, uh, no, no air conditioning, no radio. Uh, it, uh, we, Dougie, Dougie Thornell had this little uh, sticker clock that he posted, uh, we duct tape on the, on the dashboard. And then we got this little white boom box that we bungee taped right behind the, uh, the little stick shift. But I'll tell you what, man, I had a don't mess with Texas. I have no idea why I had that, but like growing up in DC, being a, you know, a hip hop guy and a, and, and a go-go guy, for some reason I wanted a don't mess with Texas sticker. And I had a, I guess I was a little into country music back then too. I had a W, uh, uh um, was it W? WMZQ. What would Waylon Jennings do? Or you have one of those, right? You're, you, you're. Oh, Waylon. Yeah. I'm all about Waylon. Yeah. yeah. My son's named after him. Yeah. I'm all about Waylon. Yeah. But, 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 uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, that, that was the greatest car. I mean, I set, I set land speed records in that car. I mean, it was <laughs> unbelievable. I loved that car. It was just the fastest little thing in the world. And yeah, I loved it. I knew that answer wouldn't disappoint. What color was the car, Bernthal? Black. Black. Black, of course. Yeah. Black. Black little okay. two door. Yep. Okay. And, and you, you know, you had that sticker on that car for the same reason I did, because I, I grew up in New York and I was like, it's kind of badass, the attitude from Texas, right? It's, I just it's said, about- you know, don't mess with Texas is all about a, an anti-litter campaign. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what it, that's what it was. And I thought it was the coolest. I just I thought it was so awesome. And I just thought I was such a little badass. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I loved I loved that car. So we're going to jump around and get to a lot of things. But I wanted to ask you this because it's happening, uh, I believe, this month. You grew up in D.C. You're connected to D.C. It looks like we're going to have a, a vote in Congress on D.C. statehood. D.C. could finally become our 51st state. It's something I've talked with. I had David Aldridge on the show. I had Susan Rice on the show. I've been a supporter of this. I think it's time has come. But as somebody who grew up in D.C. and is so connected to it, a proud son of D.C., Bernthal, what's your thoughts on, on statehood? Look, man, I, 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 I think it's uh, it's long overdue. And, and I think, you know, the thing about, you know, growing up in Washington, especially at the time that, that, that I did, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, and, and, it, and it's one of the most diverse cities in the world. It, it's uh, unbelievable. You know, there's a culture to the real D.C. that people don't know about. There's uh, there, 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 there's music that, that that only is in D.C. that has no aspirations to get out of D.C. That is that is that is central to the, the, the cultural fabric of the city. 
Um, there's a, a, a vernacular to that city. There's, uh, there's so much soul and energy to that city. But anybody who grow, grew up there also understands that um, there's just unbelievable, there's a hypocrisy with growing up in that city that you're faced with every day, especially if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s. You had this sort of central part of this city that everybody visits in eighth grade, that's protected land and that's federal land and that's policed by the Capitol Police. There's no litter, there's no garbage. But we all remember, you know, taking two or three, going two or three blocks in any direction from that area, you had a completely different city and a forgotten city. You know, you right. could see, you know, the, the, the soup kitchen that we volunteered at every week from in my school was Martha's Table. You could see the Capitol building. You could see the Washington Monument. But there was such unbelievable, it was so, so clear that there were two precise different DCs. And, you know, when it snowed, there just, there wasn't the state funding. You know, we'd get an inch of snow, we'd be closed down for a week because it right. just wasn't, it, you, you, you could feel it. It was palpable. And, um, you know, the schools, the schools finally are starting to come back a little bit. But when we were growing up, it was just, it was, it, it was a mess. And, um, you know, I think you have this, you're sitting there among the most powerful people on the planet. Yet you're in this city where you have all these people that, 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 that feel unrepresented and, and, and forgotten. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it, it's about time. Well said. Early episode of this show, we went into some of the parks in D.C. and interviewed homeless people that were like living, you know, in the parks a block away from uh, Trump's hotel, blocks away from D.C. And, you know, there's always that line taxation without representation. So you grew up in a place where you can serve in the military, you get your paying taxes, but you can't, you know, really be fully represented in in a representative government. Right. So I think you know, it, it seems like it's coming. It feels like this is going to be the time. And, and I think that's good for America. A lot of what you've been doing um, is good for America, right? You've been representing these or, or portraying or, or embodying some of these iconic people. Like you played Lee Iacocca, right? In, in, in the Ford versus Ferrari movie, which I loved. Um, you were in Fury and, and the Pacific and a lot of roles where you played veterans and you did a brilliant job of it. But uh, Punisher, is is been you know front and center for the last few years as somebody who grew up as a Punisher fan. I think I texted you when you got it, and I was like, "Yes, like you are the guy who can get this right, right?" Because I, I grew up reading the comic books. I knew the story. I knew the Vietnam backstory, right? And it's part of what shaped my my childhood. And then you you got this part and you crushed it in a way that I think will will live forever. Um, and and the icon becomes this this cannibalized thing in the last year to the point where insurrectionists have the Punisher symbol on their shirt when they're taking the Capitol. Um, you've been really outspoken. You've been, you've been a great voice on, on so much of this, but this was a really powerful intersection of your life in your hometown where, in my view, terrorists tried to take over our government. You've talked about it a bit, but, but John, what are your thoughts on that, on that and, and on the insurrection itself, you know, as much as you're comfortable with talking about? Yeah, man, I, 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 look, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I think the fact that, uh, you know, you reached out when you did, uh, you, you know, about playing that part and, 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 and how much, you, you, you know, that, that just kind of, um, you know, meant to me, uh, look, the, 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 one of the things that I, I, um, I just cherish more than anything else is, is, uh, the, the, the relationships that I've been able to make with folks that, that, that have, um, 
really opened up to me and talked to me about the, 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 their experiences in an intimate way, especially when they're talking about their service and when they're, um, they're talking about serving overseas. And, you know, to me, um, the fact that you just said, you know, you read that comic and, 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 and um, there's something about, there's something about reading uh, a, a comic and, uh, you, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I, 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 it requires so much of your own imagination because it's just frames and it's, and it's art and you've got to put so much of yourself in there. And um, the fact that that might've led you to service, that's a real thing. The fact that there are people that have gone and fought for this country and the fact that there are people who have gone and, and walked the walk that, 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 that keeps all of us free and, and that have some taken the last walk of their life with that insignia you know, on their battle armor and that somehow filled them with courage and that, 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 that somehow um, inspired them in some way is, is just so humbling and staggering and such an unbelievable to me a, a, a responsibility and I'm so honored to even be associated with that. Um, you know, and I think to the same degree, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just so disgusted and horrified how that can be bastardized and taken in, 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 in a different direction. Um, I, I, I think that uh, I, th I think that there's um, I, I, I don't know I, I, you know I think my job is really to, to 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 empathize with people and my job is to really try to understand where people are coming from. I truly believe that no matter what your political views are, no matter who you are, I truly believe we love our kids. I truly believe that we all want the best for each other. I truly I I, I have to believe in that. Um, how folks could have gone and done what they did on, on that day. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just something I, I can't, I can't wrap my head around. And it's, 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 um, the fact that that symbol is at all, uh, tied into that is something I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm horrified by and, and, and disgusted with. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I think it's so, uh, you know, right, right now we're so, we're so unbelievably divided on things. I think, unfortunately, you know, we're just listening to people sort of the, the, the tenacity of your voice and how loud you are and how, how fervent you are. And, and, and the, the, the sort of, uh, the, the, um, volume of your bombast is what sort of is like, is what's drawing attention right now. And, um, it, it, it's, it, it's all about, you know, flag waving and, and rhetoric and bullshit. And um, I truly believe that people, again, who have walked the walk, people who have uh, actually been uh, in combat, people who have actually sacrificed, people who have actually lost, that's really what, you know, that symbol is about. That's it, it, and, and, and I think people who have actually sort of been in that valley, um, you, you know, understand that it's about, um, you know, proximity. It's about people coming together. It's not about drawing apart and mm -hmm. everything that happened on January. 6th, I mean, all that was, was, uh, it was about, it, it was about, uh, you, you know, div divisiveness and pushing people away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, um, you've been really thoughtful in how you communicate this because it's such a tricky thing. It's like, you know, Frank Castle, right. The Punisher is kind of, we, the show used to be called angry Americans. He's like the ultimate angry American, right? And there's that vigilante that could go toward the side of good or can go toward the side of bad, right? And, and he 
in a time where everything is getting kind of co-opted and, and that symbol was co-opted in the same way the insurrection has co-opted the American flag, right? Like they, they were carrying that when they were going up there too. But I think you're at this really unique spot in our culture, John, where you can talk to a lot of different kinds of people. Right. Like, you know, people of all backgrounds love The Walking Dead, love The Punisher, love everything you've done. And you continue to play really uniquely uh, tough people, I think, is, is one way I describe it. And we were talking about parenting. I talked to my son about toughness and I said to him something like, um, you know, being tough doesn't make you brave, but being brave makes you tough. Because I don't want him to be stupid, right? Like, I don't want him to just, you know, bang his head against the wall to show how tough he is, right? It's like when we played football, you know, the guy's like, I'm not going to drink water. Well, that's stupid tough, right? But doing the right thing, being a good dad, maybe being soft, being sensitive, being empathetic, that's the right kind of bravery and the right kind of toughness. So I think we're exploring in our country what that means right now, especially after Trump where now Biden just this week was very sensitive with the, the children of a fallen officer in D.C. We're kind of re-examining what it means to be American, what it means to be tough. Um, you're also like maybe one of the most interesting guys out there. I, don't, I think you speak Russian or you were, lived in Russia. You know, you played these amazing parts. You love pit bulls. Your uncle is Kurt Angle. you got these amazing, interesting parts that feed into who you are. But let me ask you um, you know, what, what, what maybe is, is, is relevant right now. Um, where, where do you see our country? Like where, this is a big question for you, but you're, you're, you take on big issues all the time because you've played so many roles that are iconic that shape what this country looks like to the world. Um, where do you think our country is right now? And, and how do you feel about the future? Knowing I'll add one point, you told me before we went live, you're getting the vaccine today, the second shot today. So how do you feel about where we are as a country and where we're going? Listen, get look, I think it I think it's your job. I, I, you know, I'm 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 hopeful. You know, I think we have to be, you know, I, I, I again, I'm, I'm I'm a father and I'm a husband first. And I think it, it's it's that's, you know, I, I uh, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And 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 and, and I'm trying to uh, I, I really try to instill that in, in, into my kids. Um, listen, I. I, I, th- I think, you, you, you know. I, I, th- I think, you know, I, do- I don't want to look backwards, but I, I think when you just look at the, th- when you think about the, the, who was in office before, when you think about uh, President Trump, whatever your politics are, whether you're into him or you're not, the thing that I could never really understand was that this man who, to me, clearly had never fought for anything, had not had not, um, you know, really grinded for anything, had not um, served, um, ha- did not show compassion, um, had this sort of um, monopoly somehow on, on toughness and patriotism and, and, and um, how somehow we thought his whole thing was he's one of the tough guys and how so many people I know who are family members of mine who are genuinely tough, genuinely strong people kind of went that way where I feel like if that same guy walked into a bar, they would laugh at it. He would literally be a a clown. He would be like, no, like, look at, look at you, look at how you lived your life. And, 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 and I, 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 I think that, you know, when you, when you talk about like the Punisher and the, the, the previous question that we were talking about, at the core of Frank Castle is this unbelievable hurt. It's this unbelievable loss. He lost his family. And, and, you know, you know, with everything that's going on with the, the, uh, with, with, with the struggles with, with, with law enforcement right now, with our, our, uh, 
with our uh, uh, foreign policy. You know, look, we, we've we've got to find a place. We all just went through and are going through this 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 massive unifying worldwide thing. And especially, you know, like in our country, we dealt with this. Like we have got to find empathy with we've got to find empathy. We've got to find compassion. We have got to really like you said about toughness. It does not make you strong to say it's me versus you. To me, there's nothing more patriotic. There's nothing more masculine. There's nothing more strong than saying, you know what, man, you and me, we might not agree on everything. And, but like, I can sit down with you. I'm an American. You're an American. Let me learn from you, man. Maybe I could teach you something. Maybe we'll arrive at something together. But there's nothing strong. There's nothing courageous about saying, I'm going to stick with my team and you're going to be over there. It's everything we tell our kids, man. Like, you, 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 you know, like, go find the guy who's struggling. Go lift him up. Go sit with the kid who's left out who doesn't have any. It's the same thing you'd say to, say to your kids. And I think whatever your politics are, when I look at President Biden, I look at what kind of man he is. When I look at the loss that he's had, the life that he's lived, the mistakes that he's made, the mistakes that he's admitted. I say, look, this is a man who understands compassion. He's a man who, who understands empathy. And at the end of the day, I think that's precisely what we need. And whether we admit it or not. I think we're hungry for it. I think our country is hungry for it. I think our culture is hungry for it. Um, and I think that like true people who have really, again, walked the walk and the people that I've been lucky enough to know and befriend and guys who have served, members of law enforcement, athletes, fighters, what they know is that, you, you know, the guy who talks the talk, the guy who's wearing the most colorful clothes, the guy with the loudest foot, that's not the one. It's the one who shakes your hand and looks you in the eye and can sit down with you. That's, that, that, that's what we need to sort of uh, aspire to. And so I think that the, the, um, I'm, I'm hopeful about, about our country and I think we're hungry and I think that we just, we need to sort of redefine what, what, what patriotism and masculinity is. And, and I think, I, I think that, um, I, I, I think we're, we're going to get there. I really do. I, I do too. And I, and I think it's in, in part because of voices like yours. Like you, you, you are in a really powerful position at this intersection of, of a lot of American culture, right? Like when you look across your career, how many different like American culturally defining things you've, you've done and you will be doing. You're in the, the new uh, Venus and Serena project, right? Like these other things that are going to touch American culture in different ways. Um, you know, you talked about the heroes around you. Your wife is a nurse, right? She's a hero. And my mom is a nurse. My sister, I grew up in a family of nurses. So we see that kind of heroism. Um, but I want to ask you a question. I forgot to ask you earlier, taking a big step back. Bernthal, what's your drink of choice? I didn't ask you this. Your drink or, or now we're talking about smoke. We had a whole episode on cannabis. You can go anywhere you want with this. But uh, what's your drink or, 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 or a recreational thing of choice? You know, man, I'm, I'm going to go with a, a, a good, uh, I, I'm going to go with a good uh, sativa marijuana, man. I, I, I stopped, you know, drinking in me, uh, the, the, the old John Berth that, that, that you knew from, from, from back in the day. Um, you know, look, man, I, I, uh, I, I, I know it's a light question, but I, I, I think for me, you, you know, the, the whole thing is about kind of finding yourself and finding what works. Um, you know, alcohol and me did not work. And, and, uh, you know, um, I think that, um, a, a big part of the projects that I pick and, and the way that I want to live my life going forward and, uh, the, the, um, the, the decisions that I make and how I raise my kids now 
are sort of shaped by the fact that I made a lot of mistakes growing up, a lot of mistakes, and I screwed up a lot. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of the guys that we were friends with sort of, you know, have, have told you the stories. Um, I, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I had this unbelievable family around me. I had this unbelievable support structure. Um, I had, I, I lived a life where I was, um, I had friends and family who got my back, supported me. And that is a real privilege. And that is the only reason why I'm here. And there are so many people in this country who just didn't have that, who made the same mistakes that I did and that don't have that. And um, I, I really do feel this, uh, I, I really do feel this uh, unbelievable responsibility now to try to reach out with anything that I can have, that, uh, any sort of reach that I have to try to help people who didn't have that same privilege and, 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 and who made these mistakes. And, 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 and even if it's just as simple as, and the characters that I play, not to sound too grandiose, but to say like, let's not define each other by the mistakes we made. And I think it's important that we look at that politically too. Let's, let's, let's reach out. Let's, let's, Let's see if we can get past some of that stuff and, 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 and try to define people and judge people by the look in their, their eye and the decisions they make, not by something that they did in their past. I, I am so glad you went there. And it was a couple of different places that you took us. But it's, it's really, really important because you've been strong and vulnerable in talking about your past. Um, I, I have tried to do the same thing. I made so many fucking mistakes when I was growing up and, and I was you know, getting into trouble in ways that could have gone either way. And you and I have both had those situations where it could have gone either way and we'd be maybe in a jail cell or in a, in a cemetery or something else. But we, you know, figured a way through it and are now on the other side, hopefully, and, and able to inform others. The cannabis discussion is a part of that, right? Like us being able to openly talk about that. I'm with you on that. Like alcohol does not work as well with me, especially when I'm older as, yep. as cannabis. It like, it just beats my body down. So we're talking about how we deal with our bodies, how we deal with our emotions, how we deal with our work in a time where it's really important to open up and share and be vulnerable. And, and along those lines, man, it used to be called Angry Americans. I want to ask you this question because I can't have you on and not ask everybody you know, has emotion right now. There's a lot of anger in this country, especially with the Floyd trial going on and other things happening. But you're a guy who's channeled that anger into positive impact. Your life is kind of a demonstration of figuring out how to take that energy and put it into something positive. But we're all a little angry still, and that's understandable. John Bernthal, what makes you angry? I think, uh, you, you know, I just, I just close-mindedness, uh, making, make, make, making uh, decisions before you've experienced things. Uh, you know, again, I, I just think that um, I think I think uh, you know it's so easy now with the echo chambers that we live in and 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 um, the, the the isolation that we've been sort of uh, forced to kind of experience to just sort of make up our minds and and, and close off and 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 I think it's uh, it's unbelievably dangerous and um, it, it literally it it just literally brings out the worst in 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 all of us. Um, I think we just need to open up. I think I think we need to redefine what we think of uh, as courage. Uh, I, I think um, you know again, uh, it's just like the example you use with with your kids, man, courage, courage is not about this. I think courage is about this. I think courage mm. is about sitting down, opening up, uh, uh, seeking out people that are being different. I think, look, you know, you, you, you brought up, you know, what, what's going on with law enforcement right now and with George Floyd. And I, I, I just, 
I, I, I think there are too many people who are just operating in this unbelievable chasm of fear. And, and look, mm. when you're talking about, there are unbelievable members of law enforcement. There are people that I know, friends that I have, people that I grew up with who are the, the best of the best. There's institutions, there are parts of the institution of law enforcement, the best about it. There's so, you know, community policing, unbelievable courage, unbelievable brotherhood, unbelievable honor. Um, and then there's people who are walking around and they're afraid. And, and, and I think we've got to get to the bottom of why we are so freaking afraid of each other. Yeah. And we've got it. We've got to start breaking that down. And, and why, you know, a young black man in this country just fills people with so much fear. And, and, and look, it's just, it's just clear. Not everybody grew up the same way. A lot of people grew up in different places, but it's, it's, it's time in the box, spending time with each other, really understanding that again, we all love our families. We all want what's best for, for, for our families. We all want a good life for, for each other and, 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 and opening up and stop, stop pushing each other away. I love that. For the folks that, that were listening and not watching, when you said something like, you know, it's about this, not this. It was, it was about this, not this. You were saying an open hand, not a closed hand, right? Which I think is so powerful. If you if you came up with that, you got to put that on a shirt or something in a film. <laughs> I don't know, what, but that, that was really powerful because I think it's right, especially as we watch and analyze police tactics because, you know, there was an accidental discharge where, where you know, they called it an accidental discharge where the cop grabbed for her, 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 her uh, gun instead of her taser. We say in the military, there are no accidental discharges. You're always responsible and, and you have to show restraint. We couldn't pull guns out on people in the way cops can when we were in Iraq. So it's about, you know, strength through vulnerability and recognizing that leadership is sometimes about sacrifice. And you've been doing that. You've been guiding people through it. You also bring this positivity, man. I love it. Every time I hear you talk, you motivate me. You know, we talk about the grind and you're in this place where I think you're one of the finest actors of our time. You know, I want to see you win lots of awards for decades and you're going to do lots of great projects and you have this grounding with your family, but you have this, this, this light about you where you bring light instead of heat. So John Bernthal, what makes you happy? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, so, so much, so much makes me, me, me happy. You, you know, I, uh, I'm unbelievably, uh, um, blessed brother. You, you know, I, I, um, I, I think about kind of where I came from and, 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 you, you know, I was a guy that for better or for worse, I, I really was sort of defined by my mistakes. Uh, I, I was, I, I was, um, Totally the black sheep. Uh, uh, I love playing sports. I was pretty good, but not quite good enough. Uh, I, 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 I was a troublemaker, but I feel like I wasn't even really good at that. I didn't get away with much. <laughs> I, I, uh, I wasn't a great student. Um, I was, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I've got, I, I, I found this thing that, that I, I, I really love. And um, there were some people that really, um, picked me up along the way. And, um, you know, the, I, 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 I think that, um, you, you know, now that I have this, 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 this family, um, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a profound joy. I get to see my kids, um, grow and flourish and, um, uh, you, you know, I, I can't believe the, 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 the life that I have now, man. I, I really, I, it's like, I'm blown away by it. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm just extraordinarily grateful. 
the uh, there's a, an incredible video on your Instagram of uh, I think it's your little boy shooting like threes mm. on a playground with you guys. It's just unbelievable. Like I don't know, I don't know how he looks like. He's like I don't know six, seven, yeah. and he's got the long hair and he's draining threes with grown men, right? Yeah. But when I watched that video, what I saw is this like spirit of positivity. And what I've seen around you and really around a number of the, the few actors that I know and creatives that I know that are truly successful, a lot of times, you know, they're, they're, their talent is great. They, you know, they're good looking. There's a lot of other good looking people, whatever. But there, there's a part of them where people root for them that makes the difference. And I've seen this, you, you know, with our friend Teddy and so many other people, people who are good people, the people who are putting in the work, the people who are not assholes like tend to do better because people are rooting for him. And it might be somebody gives him an opportunity. So I'm going to give it to this guy because I'm rooting for him. But now I see you rooting for others. And that's a really powerful energy that, that, I, that is contagious. And I'm grateful for as a friend. And I see in everything we do and everything you do. Um, you did a lot of charity work with your brother. You care about pit bulls. Um, you did work with the USO. You continue to give back. Is there anything in that space you want to talk about or share with folks that you want to put on their radar or anything that you're working on in, in the future that you're excited about or you want to look toward? Yeah, look, I, I, I think that, um, you, you know, listen, I, I, I think that, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm during the, uh, you know, it kind of goes into kind of kind of goes into what we were talking about before. But I think that, you know, like during the pandemic, you know, one of the things that, you know, really, really did hit me um, was, you, you know, being so far away and being so isolated up here in Ojai, you know, um, you know, I had a real strong desire to be out there uh, on the streets and um, show my support uh, uh, in, in the protest for George Floyd. I just I, I, I just. Um, I thought what we saw there, I, I, I remember, um, I, I felt the frustration and, uh, the indignity and the, uh, the horror, um, when, when, um, after the Rodney King video and when, when, when after the acquittal, um, I, I felt that it was a, it was a palpable kind of part of my upbringing. Um, and, um, you know, when George Floyd happened, I just really wanted to be out on the streets. Um, I think something also happened at the same time that when I saw in the protests, I saw, um, uh, you know, people throwing bottles at police officers and, um, police officers trying to hold the line. And, and, um, again, I, I, uh, I, I have, I have so many connections to, 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 to law enforcement and to meet each one of those people in a mask was, was somebody with, uh, with a family. And, um, I was so conflicted and it, and it mm. was really important to me that if uh, I was out on the streets protesting, um, I would also have to go in and, and um, visit my friends at Newton Division, go visit my friends at Southwestern. I would have to do those as well. Um, so one of the things that um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing now is, um, again, I believe that because uh, we are so far apart on, on, on so many of these issues and, and we're listening to these kind of talking heads and these people that, again, just talk the talk but never walked it. I believe that people actually in the middle of things, people who are actually on the front lines, when they have experience with each other, I really believe that uh, people who live in these neighborhoods uh, uh, and the cops that police these neighborhoods, I really feel like there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more connectivity than people imagine. And I think that, that we're a lot closer than people uh, would ever understand. Um, uh, so one of the things that I've started to do is I've brought on community organizers, ex-gang mem ex members, 
um, guys together with cops to come in and talk about these issues and sit down and have a meal together and sit down and talk about it one-on-one. And um, it's been staggering. It's been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable because they're laughing at the same things. They respect the same things. They're scared of the same things. Um, They're so much closer than, than people would ever imagine. And I think it's the people sort of, um, sort of sniping from afar who have no experience with each other. They're the ones that are really causing the division saying, come over to my side, even though I've never really walked on this side. And I think, uh, you know, I'm just trying to focus on these folks in, 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 in the middle where experience is sort of what, 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 what's common because I really believe that empathy comes out of experience. Mm. That, I think that empathy and that connection is what makes you a great artist and, and, and a great leader. Um, um, I got some gifts for you and some other things, but I got to ask you, you posted about this because speaking about empathy and pain, um, there's a lot going on. Afghanistan, we, we're finding out, we're pulling out right now. DMX died and DMX had a huge impact on my life. And I think in many ways expressed pain. Do you want to share any thoughts or reflections on the, the passing of, of a legend? Look, man, just, I mean, you said it, passing of a legend, dude. I mean, that, that guy, he, he, he shaped, I mean, I think we come in that, just that pocket of time where that just, Ooh, you know what I mean? How many, how many rough times that guy got us through? How many times that we needed to overcome something? You turn that on, uh, man, you know how much he's, his music has served me. And, 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 uh, and, and again, just, just spirit, authenticity, just, uh, just, just, just straight, uh, vitality, man. Um, you know, what an artist. And again, a guy who like, let's not define him by his mistakes, somebody who persevered, somebody who pushed on and um, a real unbelievable, uni- unique voice and a, 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 a real loss. Mm. And uh, like, a, there's something about DMX where it's, it's almost beyond the words. It like appeals to a part of your inner right. energy, right? And, and it expresses things in ways that you can't express yourself. And that's what great art does. That's what so much of your work does. Um, I am really grateful for you. I wish we could do this in person. I got to give you some gifts virtually. All right. I can't, we got angry. uh, I keep calling it angry. Independent Americans gear is coming. This is not actually it, but I'm going to send it to you in Ohio. We got coffee mugs. We got hats. We got uh, cool shirts. Now that's coming your way. You can wear it when you guys are shooting hoops or doing whatever it is you guys do up in camp Ohio, which I love by the way, like you, you got it going on, man. Cause I just recently got to the mountains and I'm kind of aspiring to be camp Bernthal. Where you know, are, you, down, where are you? We're upstate New York. I am in an undisclosed location, but I am in the mountains and I aspire to create and build what you have. Um, and then I'm going to send you, you can give it to somebody else and give it to one of your <laughs> friends, but the uncle nearest is coming your way. There you go. And, and we, uh, we still have the peeps question. I can't have you on and not have you. You're a fan of the show. You've been listening for a long time. We just passed Easter. Uh, John Bernthal, blue, yellow, or pink? Which man, one do you I don't choose? Fuck with those peeps, man. I don't. I don't mess with them, man. I can't. You got to pick a color. Then pick I a know, color. man. I know that's. A, I, I gotta go. I'll go blue, man. I'll go blue. Hey, why blue? I just you I, from, from from the youngest. I just I love that specific color of blue. Makes me happy. I'll just be honest. It makes me happy. I love it. I love it. You wore number 20 when you played football. Was that, was that because of anyone in particular? I saw you posted some old pictures with Thornell and the crew and you got, and were you a running back? What, what did you play? No, I was a, a tight end outside linebacker. Wearing number 20. Wearing number 20. Wearing number 20. I and love I, it. My girlfriend at the time was, uh, t- uh, I think you might have known her, uh, uh, Tati Lamia. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was my high school girlfriend. So she wow. was 85. And so remember, we used to do everything with pagers. So my we, we would write 8520, you know, and so everything. And then I lost my jersey and I took a younger kids. And I wore 21 for a little bit. And that was bad. I got a lot of trouble for that. Well, you wore four, you wore 20, 420 is coming up. We talked about a lot of other things. Um, but I just want to end by saying I am grateful for you, man. You are an important voice for this country. You're a role model. Uh, you're a great American success story. You're a guy that everybody in America should be rooting for. If they're not, uh, you represent the best of us and you're doing things the right way. And I just, I'm grateful for your friendship, but most of all for your example, you're somebody that I can turn to my kids and say, Hey, look at this guy, look what he's doing. He's, he's doing the right thing and he's doing it the right way. And he's giving back. And I'm just rooting for you, man. I'm really grateful for you and rooting for you every day. And I'm grateful for so much time and wanting to have you on the show for a long time. And, and I hope you'll come back again. A hundred percent, man. I really appreciate you too, man. I feel the exact same way, Paul. Thank you. And until then, uh, I will leave you with stay frosty and, and stay vigilant. Yes, sir. Right back at you. How good is that guy? Right? Now you understand why I love John Bernthal. And to underscore how tough he is, he was battling an ear and nose infection during the entire interview. He got it after an underwater run-in with a shark. More on that story next time. And there will be a next time. John will come back and he will bring more fire and more perspective and more hope. Because hope is the oxygen of democracy. And we got to keep it coming and spreading like a zombie bite of positivity. Especially now in a time that's feeling more hopeful. And I hope this show continues to bring you that. Our democracy continues to need that oxygen more and more by the day. And we need to make it more contagious than the virus. We can all be like John Bernthal and our recent guests like Jake Wood, Bianca Goladriga, Ethan Nadelman, Evan McMullen, and so many others. Super spreaders of hope. And if you haven't heard those past shows, go back and check them out. Spread that hope wherever you can. Hope is the air we need. And we got to keep breathing. It'll make you tougher. Holding your breath is like not drinking water. It's not tough. It's stupid. So don't be stupid tough. Be smart tough and keep breathing. So take a big, deep breath. Come on, let's do it. And keep breathing so we can all stay frosty. We can all stay tough. We can all stay healthy and finish this spring strong. Keep breathing. Keep breathing in that oxygen and that hope and encourage others to do the same. Keep spreading it. Just like all the first responders and the volunteers and the medical people that continue to help get out the vaccine. And like our friend John Bernthal, be a helper. You can spread the light, the hope, and the good information. It's how we fight misinformation. It's how we fight conspiracy theories. It's how we fight enemies, foreign and domestic. And it's how we fight the virus. We can all be helpers. That's what true toughness is all about. And just like another very special and unique tough guy, Mr. Rogers told us about. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. There are leaders all across this country that are stepping up to be helpers spreading hope faster than the stupid, setting the example from all kinds of backgrounds all across this country. 
leaders who show that everyone can be a helper and a very special, very inspiring, very tough helper is back. Mr. John Stewart is back. You know, it turns out veterans are human beings. They're not just flags, they're not just bumper stickers. They're, they're human beings. And as you hear their stories, you hear the true cost of war. And I urge you when this is over to please seek them out and hear their stories individually and amplify them so that the country can understand. You know, these men and women swore an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, what do you do when you fulfill that obligation and you come home and the enemy is now negligence and bureaucracy and apathy? You're not trained for that. John Stewart is back in the limelight and he is bringing the fire again. He's bringing his unique brand of toughness. He's bringing his unique brand of insight. And he's bringing that very special attention that only Jon Stewart can bring. He was in D.C. this week fighting for the presumptive benefit for warfighters exposed to burn pits and other toxins act. You've heard about burn pits before on the show. If you haven't, you just heard about it now. But the issue of burn pits is finally breaking through with the American people and with lawmakers. And it's thanks to Jon Stewart and many others. Many of the same folks who fought for the 9-11 health bill are now fighting for burn pits. Big shout out to all the first responders, to Tom Porter, Jeremy Butler, and the entire team at IAVA, and especially to Jon Stewart. Burn pits may have caused cancer in thousands of veterans including maybe Joe Biden's son, Bo. And we hope that Joe Biden will loudly echo and amplify our calls for help. An unknown number of vets are sick now because they were exposed to burn pits in Afghanistan. Pulling our troops out of there doesn't end their battles against cancer and other toxin exposures. That fight's just beginning, and we need reinforcements badly. So join us. Be a helper. Join the fight. Check out IAVA.org and the other organizations that are fighting alongside Jon Stewart. With this Afghanistan news, this is an emotional time for so many connected to the military. And if you want a good way to help, please always check out our friends at TAPS Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. You can donate, volunteer, and share. TAPS is doing critical and urgent work every single day. When we say look for the helpers, we mean look for the folks at TAPS. And if you want to learn more about them and the work they do, check out episode 30 from Memorial Day last year with the great Bonnie Carroll, founder and executive director of TAPS. She's an example of toughness, and she shows that being tough doesn't make you heroic, but being heroic makes you tough. Be a helper. Support that fight. And of course, go out and get the vaccine if you haven't already. Don't let up. Have the toughness. Have the courage to get the vaccine. Be like Dolly Parton, the Dalai Lama, my mom, four presidents, Ron DeSantis, Sammy Hagar, Sarah Palin, John Bernthal, and me. I told you before, it had me feeling good. After I got that second shot, I felt good. And it has millions of Americans feeling good right now and feeling tough. And if we keep it up, we're going to party up in America this summer. There is going to be a party up in here. Y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here. Listen to John, listen to DMX, listen to me, listen to Dolly Parton. Don't be a chicken squat. Get the shot. It's an easy way you can be a helper. 
And my thanks to all the helpers that made this episode happen, especially John Bernthal. He is awesome. Thanks to Lauren and his entire team. Thanks to his family and all our old friends from D.C., especially Dougie, Danny, Teddy, Todd, and all those guys from D.C. and the crew around John Bernthal. John's another example of how success is a true team game. Independent Americans are the future, and John is another shining example. He's a true helper. And thank you to some other helpers. I want to thank Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC and her team. She had me on this week to talk about the Capitol riot and the Pentagon announcing new efforts to weed out extremism. The Pentagon still has a long way to go in getting extremists out. And I covered it on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace on Deadline White House. Unfortunately, Leslie Jones wasn't watching and I didn't get a chance to have her tweet about me and my clothes and how I look. But I was on with our friend Wes Moore. Wes Moore and I were on together and we broke it down. If you missed it, Wes joined us also recently on episode 105 and he continues to kick ass like many of our past guests. And a couple of quick updates. Jake Wood, founder of Team Rubicon, has announced he's stepping down after an incredible run at Team Rubicon, but he's another example of a helper. Go check him out in episode 107. Our friend Fred Gutenberg, who's been an incredible advocate on gun reform, was at the White House recently and led the charge on the executive actions created by President Biden. Check out episode 74 with Fred Gutenberg. And our friend Willie Geist, Willie Geist just celebrated five years of his show on Sunday, so congratulations to Willie. Five years flew by. Now it's hard to imagine Sunday mornings without him, so massive congrats and thanks to my buddy Willie. He was on with us back in episode 65 and episode one. When we say look for the helpers, we mean people like Willie Geist. And our friend Malcolm Nance tweeted that he has been vaccinated. He said two doses, mission complete. I didn't even feel the needle or the second dose go in. And he said, get vaccinated, get your family vaccinated. Do that and have your family check out Malcolm on episode 104 and episode 94 and way back in episode 13. And speaking of vaccinations and people we've talked about on this podcast before, I want to send massive thanks to another helper, our friend Marnie Zidell, who is at North Shore Middle School in Seacliff, New York. She and her small team of volunteers have now helped vaccinate 990 people. So big shout out and thanks to Marnie and the whole crew at North Shore Middle School. They've helped vaccinate almost 1,000 people. When we say look for the helpers, we're talking about them. And one last shout out to a recent guest or guests. I want to get a shout out to Rick Sorkin and Sharon Koppelman. I've told you about everybody and their mother has a podcast and episode two is now live. And I love this new one. I love it. There's a really special song about cats in the 90s. They talk about Johnny, the neighbor who never wears a shirt. They talk about pool tables. It's very, very interesting. And if you haven't already, please subscribe for free. Go to everybodypod.us or wherever you got this podcast. Everybody and their mother is gaining steam. And here's a quick taste of the best theme song I think I've ever heard. Doesn't it Everybody's loving that theme song, but congrats and thank you to the team over at Everybody and Their Mother Has a Podcast. And thanks, of course, to the Righteous Media team, creative Chris Rosenthal, brilliant Bill Schultz and Paula Hernandez. They are making this show and that show possible and much more. And if you like this episode, 
have our back, be a helper. Go to the Apple Podcast Store and give us five stars. You can subscribe for free and share for free. You can visit us on social media, of course, and check out independentamericans.us. If you haven't been to the website, it keeps getting better. There's links to all our social and to our Patreon, and we've got lots of new merch. It's hot. It's ready to go. Get you looking good for the summer, just like Bernthal. Very badass camping mugs, hats, T-shirts in 16 colors. You can check them all out at independentamericans.us. You can see video of this conversation I just had with John. You can see the painting behind him. You can see the sweatshirt. You can see his nose that you may not know. He's broken 14 times. You can see that video and video from over 100 episodes with everybody from Susan Rice to Stephen Colbert to Samantha B to Mike Shinoda. It's all on the Righteous YouTube page, which is connected at independentamericans.us. We're going to keep bringing light to contrast the heat. We're going to keep bringing the Righteous Media Five Eyes, independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. If you're a concerned person who cares about the future of your country, this is your show and all are welcome. We invite you to join us and be a part of the solution. You can also be part of our exclusive community on Patreon. For just five bucks, you can get access to events, guests, merch, and exclusive content. Big shout out and thanks to all of our fearless Patreon members. And for our Patreon members only, we will have another happy hour. Our April monthly Zoom happy hour will happen this Friday, April 16th, 8.30 p.m. We're going to have a special guest. We'll have some prizes and we'll have a lot of fun. Join us if you haven't already. It's for Patreon members only. You can join for just five bucks and maybe you'll win a prize. Maybe you'll get some Uncle Nearest. Maybe you'll get a high five from John Bernthal. We'll have special guests. We'll have prizes. We'll have a good time. It's just a quick hour, but I know you'll enjoy it. We've done this a couple times now. We're going to keep it going. Hopefully, we'll be back to having happy hours in person soon. But until then, join us on Zoom with fellow independent Americans, listeners from around the world. You can join us on Patreon. My thanks to all of you who are already part of the vigilant, the very vigilant, and the most vigilant. And of course, my massive thanks to my most important helpers of all, the toughest people in my life, my wife, and my two boys. They continue to show me what toughness is all about. And football is back. Yes, spring football is happening, and we started this weekend. T-ball is also starting next week, but football is back. My son is wearing number seven. He's looking good, and spring football has now begun. And since it's spring football, every team in our league is named after a USFL team. So my son is one of the running backs on your 2021 L.A. Express. That's the name of our team, a throwback to the USFL. Steve Young might want to come out of retirement to be the QB with this crew. But shout out and thanks to the kids and coaches everywhere. Coaching has never been harder. It's never been tougher. And it's never been more critical. Things are getting better out there. Sports is coming back. Music is coming back. The Masters came back. But we ain't done yet. We got to stay strong and stay tough. Independence Day is coming, our VC day, our Independence Day will come, and that'll be our day, your day, a day we can all declare our independence from the virus and move forward. America is on the comeback, but we got to keep that toughness coming. We got to keep the progress going and not let up. Together, we can keep this movement growing week by week by week if we stay vigilant, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And with hope in our hearts, It's the path to better days. So stay tough with an open hand, not a close one. Use that hand to pass the hope. Pass it. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all vigilant. And we're all in this together. 
from John Bernthal to Joe Biden to all our troops in Afghanistan to DMX to all my kids on the LA Express. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thanks for listening. And if you need some energy, if you need some toughness, crank that DMX. Stay frosty, stay tough, and stay vigilant, America. One, two, maybe I'll